Uh, on this week's episode of The Fizz, I'm going to talk to you about the podcast I recorded with my buddy last week. That's why I was not able to record a Fizz for you. In addition to that, we will touch on the Super Bowl. I will also tell you guys about the most wonderful time of the year, which is going to happen for me next weekend. And then after that, we're going to close it out with a little over-under. But before all that, I do want to tell you guys about a awesome startup here, right here in Detroit, Michigan, for all golf fans out there. It's called Mullybox, M-U-L-L-Y-B-O-X, mullybox.com. What it is is a golf subscription box that is sent to your house every single month. It's got things like tees, golf balls, towels, and new stuff that you didn't even know you needed. If you are serious about golfing, you have to check this out. The way it works is very simple. You order your box online, they pick out accessories for you, and then you check your doorstep. Every month you'll have a new box of fresh, awesome golf shit, stuff you need, and stuff you didn't know that you needed. Now, the best part about Mullybox, they start at $29 a month, but with this exclusive offer, if you use the code CHAMPAGNE at checkout, you will get 50% off your first Mullybox. Now let's recap here. If you're serious about golf, you're serious about the city of Detroit, this is a golf-based Detroit startup. Like I said, it's super simple. You go online, you order your box, they pick out the accessories for you, and then just check your mail. The last Moly box that went out was over $100 in value. You're guaranteed over $70 in value with every box, and it's only $29 a month to start. And with this exclusive offer, you type in champagne at checkout, you'll get 50% off your first box. Again, that's mullybox.com, M-U-L-L-Y-B-O-X. If you are serious about golf and in serious about improving your game, you got to check this out, mullybox.com. But now, let's get into the fizz. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then Okay, pop we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't just be by harder. I am the bird man. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of The Fizz. Thank you, thank you very much for joining me here. Uh, I am a day late and a dollar short, and many apologies for not recording last week. I was actually a guest on my buddy's podcast, which is entitled In Todd We Trust, Um, On his podcast, he has a guest on his show every week, and he reviews movies slash Netflix specials. So naturally, he gave your boy a call to review both the Hulu and Netflix Firefest documentaries. Um, And it went went pretty well. It was a long fucking conversation. Um, 90% of that is my fault. It was his longest podcast to date. Um, because I can just talk forever and Todd's a great guy to talk to. And we had great conversations about Firefest and just a lot of other shit in general. A lot of time was dedicated to just dusting up Ja Rule. That guy's a fucking loser. Um, you know, that's why I have to cut this one off at 30 minutes, 30 to 35 minutes, because otherwise I would just keep going and going. Uh, but it was cool. Uh, we did do the recording at Foundation Hotel where The Fizz, the podcast you're currently listening to, used to be recorded and I forgot 
how nice it is in there. It was super nice. I forgot what an actual studio feels like. Um, and for those of you just joining for the first time, I record this bad boy in my basement, which cur- currently currently feels like it's about negative 20 degrees. Um, and I am in a constant battle with my dog, my fiance, uh, and my HVAC, which all make noises while I try to do this. As I said that, I can hear my dog running across the kitchen floor right above me. But hey, really, that is part of the fun. Really, the whole Firefest reviews were just an anxious buildup to discussing my man's, my man's Andy King. And if you were unfamiliar with Andy King, Andy King is the gay producer from Firefest who you've seen a million memes about all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, essentially. Um, he was the guy who said he was ready and willing to suck a guy's dick at customs to get the water to the Firefest. Which sounds, which sounds pretty crazy, but let me tell you something. Um, I used to be a production assistant out in Chicago. I used to work for a production company. And, the, and producers are, are absolutely fucking crazy. They're crazy fucking people. They will do anything to make sure that th- the show will go on. And a lot, a lot of those guys, even just out in Chicago, uh, they totally switch hit. So when I found out that this Andy guy was you know, ready and willing to give a humdiggity to make sure that his event went, went as planned... I was not completely blown away, no pun intended. But I think uh, what I think is what I think is most hilarious about the entire thing is that there is now an actual face that represents sucking dick. Um, he is a meme all over the internet, and you see his picture at sporting events. Um, behind the free throw line, um, even most recently, I saw a sign at the Patriots Super Bowl parade that read Gronk please don't leave with just a picture of Andy King on it and everyone just already knows what that means which I think is just absolutely hilarious like that guy's face just represents like sucking dick to make sure you get what you want and it's hilarious and I I think I read somewhere the guy's getting his own show so that is America welcome um but honestly, that's how memes should work. Not that you should get your own show. Basically, that you should it should you know speak to you instantly once you see it, and you should understand what it means. So that guy's face instantly represents willingness to suck dick to get something done. So great work, Andy. Um, as far as Firefest goes, you know, great work, Billy McFarlane, fucking con artist, and Ja Rule. Congrats, you are the biggest. You are still the biggest loser on the planet. Um, and it's funny that I say that it's ironic that I'm saying that on the airwaves right now, because today is the 16th anniversary of get rich or die trying getting released. Um, so that's, that's ironic. 50 cent, uh, will bully you to the day you die Ja rule. And after seeing Firefest, it just confirms further confirms to my 13 year old self that you are in fact still a fucking loser. I am G unit till the day I die. Um, but the podcast that I was on, you know, go check it out. It's Todd pods on Instagram at T O D D P O D S. Um, so go check it out, click in there. Um, it'll have a link or something to go find the podcast. Um, and he's honestly great dude to listen to Todd. So go check that out. And since I just touched on the Patriots parade, uh, maybe we should discuss that football game that happened Sunday. Yep, that one, the Super One. Man, what 
<clears throat> what a fucking snoozer that game was. Um, I mean, if I didn't completely bet my ass off on the game like I do every single Super Bowl, I would have had almost absolutely zero interest. Um, on my story, I predicted the score to be 37-33, and I couldn't have been more wrong, uh, honestly, off by a billion points. Um, I don't know. I don't know what there is to say about the game. I was listening to Pardon My Take and a few other things, and it there's just hard to pull stuff to talk about about the game. Um, Bilicic is the greatest coach in NFL history. Uh, I almost think that can't be debated. The Pats are an absolute dynasty. Ho-hum. Nothing's going to change unless Brady's arm falls off and or Belichick dies. And you might need both of them to go in order for the dynasty to die. I really think Belichick steers that that ship of the Patriots, though. I mean, when Brady was out and Sam Cass- Sam Cassell had to go in, Sam Cassell, he lines back up. Castle, Cassell, whatever, who gives a shit? He, they went 11-4. and four. They missed the playoffs, but they went 11-4. and four. When Jacoby Brissett had to go in, they won games. Jimmy Garoppolo wins games. Like, whoever's in there, quarterback, it almost doesn't matter. Belichick's system wins the game. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, but as far as my betting went for the game, um, I did come out in the black, which for you non-degenerates means I did not lose money on the game. I won money. Um, I went three and five overall with my bets, but I threw an absolute missile of a bet on the Pats minus two and a half. So it was a good night. Any you know, any night you come out, come out in the green is good. Um, but as far as prop bets go, uh, these were the bets I took. So I told you I went three and five total with bets. So obviously I hit the Patriots minus two and a half. I took Gronk over three and a half catches. That one hit. I took C.J. Anderson under 43 rushing yards. That hit. Um, But then I took James White over five and a half catches. Miss. Uh, I took two penalty props. I know. Whatever. Uh, One, I bet that there would be a roughing the passer penalty in the game. Didn't get it. And two... I took that there would be a penalty over 15 and a half yards. So essentially, I was just betting on a pass interference call over over 15 yards. Um, those those both missed. Those both missed because th- there was hardly any penalties in the game. There's hardly any action in the game. There's nothing. The Rams had one field goal. Um, in addition to those penalties and those props, I threw in Brady for MVP, which was even money, and then I threw in Gronk for MVP, which was like 20 bucks to win 500. Um, I think if Gronk would have scored that touchdown at the end, um, he might, might have had a shot at winning the MVP. Um, but they both missed. Um, and, you know, congrats to Edelman. But, I, but in reality, I do think, like, the Patriots' D as a collective unit should have won the MVP or someone on the defensive side of things because to shut down arguably the number one de- offense in the NFL – to three points in, on the biggest stage was absolutely, absolutely incredible. This was one of the first years that I watched the Super Bowl um, at a bar. Normally, my uncle has a big party for it with all the males on my dad's side, and we gamble, we drink beers, we fart, and we just like do guy shit. Um, but this year, I don't, I don't really know what happened, but we went to some we went to some white trash bar in Roseville instead of hosting the party. He just he didn't have the party, so. They all decided they we were they were going to this bar. I had no say in it, you know. Hey, whatever. Um, went to a bar, white trash bar in Roseville. Yes, uh, beautiful, scenic, Roseville, Michigan. Um, the bar was called The Spot. 
Um, don't know if you're familiar with the area, but it's basically located in between a pretty sad looking Dunham sports and a completely shut down toys R us, um, RIP Jeffrey, the giraffe, you were my boy. Um, it's a sad, it's a sad scene, but you know, um, at the bar, the good news is you do get to see a lot of shitty old English D tattoos. Um, and after the Super Bowl ended, they played like some sandstorm type music. It honestly felt like sped up somehow. Um, they played it on full blast and they set up, set up beer pong. So it was a real, you know, black tie classy event. Um, pretty, pretty standard for your, uh, you know, 94 and Gratiot hole in the wall bar. Um, but we did have a good time. Um, I talked my families, my, my uncles and shit, all my cousins, their ears off about gambling to the point where I'm pretty sure they were like questioning if I had a problem or not. Um, and you know, we watched another Super Bowl together. Um, but you know, since we were at the bar, I didn't really get to see the commercials. I, I used to really like watching the commercials. Um, and it's just kind of slowly dwindled, um, as the years have gone on. I think, I think that's just how it goes. Um, I looked a few of them up after, um, and the ones that I did watch by far, my favorite one was the NFL 100 commercial. It was pretty cool to see all the famous faces popping up and Barry's Barry Sanders scene was, was really cool. Him juking. And I forgot who went to go tackle him, but dove into the cake. Um, guy still moves super well. I think it's interesting that he is like now showing his face more to the NFL and like representing the lions. Um, he didn't talk to the, the organization for years, but now it seems like he's, he's okay being a face of the lions. Um, but God, the guy moves, guy moves so well. Um, that was, that was a cool scene. I don't really fuck with Bud Light. Um, and I had, and I had no idea that corn syrup being in beer was a big deal and I'm sure it really isn't. So those like Bud Light corn syrup commercials, like dogging Miller Light and Coors Light, uh, didn't really resonate with me. Um, I'm pretty Labatt Blue loyal. Um, so I, you know, I don't really, I don't really drink Bud Light and I don't, I don't know if corn syrup is a big, big deal at all. So again, doesn't, doesn't matter to me at all. Um, as I said, I am very loyal to Labatt Blue, um, which is an absolutely beautiful segue into my next and quite possibly most important fizz topic of all time. Now, the next thing I want to tell you guys about is the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Valentine's Day. No, it's not the second half of the NHL season. It's the Labatt Blue Pond Hockey Tournament that I've been playing in for going on eight years in a row. The Labatt Blue Pond Hockey Tournament is an incredible celebration of the great sport of hockey. It is held in the UP in St. Ignace, Michigan, which is basically like the first city when you get up in the UP after crossing the bridge from the LP, a.k.a. the Mitten. Um, now, Ignis, I think, is normally a summer town. At least that's what it feels like when I'm there. Um, it's right on the water. There are a ton of hotels and like ice cream fudge summer up northy places. Um, but for one weekend in February every year, St. Ignis, Michigan turns into the outdoor pond hockey capital of the world, at least in my my life in my opinion um it's a tournament of about a billion teams it feels like played out on moran bay of lake huron so it's it's like fucking so scenic it's normally like a sunny cold ass day and you're playing pond hockey out on out on the bay with like a million other hockey loving people um so the teams that go up there they consist of seven players um teams play four on four in their respective 
respective divisions um, in quest of the legendary stump award. Um, so the stump is the trophy you get. It's like the bottom of a stump with like a Labatt blue bucket nailed on top of it with a bunch of beers in it. Um, pretty, pretty up Northy, pretty outdoor beer, hockey kind of guy shit. Um, you know, now I, now, as I said before, this will be our team's eighth year going up there. We have won the championship twice in seven tries. We've lost in the finals three times and we've not made the championship for the other two years. Um, our first championship came in year two in the silver division, and the second championship came in year seven, which was last year in the gold division. The highest division up there is platinum. We will never play in platinum. Um, one, because there's some cycle pass up there, and two, we're just, we're just not good enough. I, I don't want to put myself through that strain. Um, and the divisions go, the lower divisions drop all the way down to like lead. And I'm not even making that up. There's a lead division. There's like galvanized tin copper. There's a million divisions. There's like over the age of 40 divisions over the age of 50. I think even there's women's divisions. There's, there's divisions for fucking everything. Um, but we did our first two years in silver. Then we won our second year and they bumped us up to gold. So we've been in gold ever since. Uh, with the tournament, you are guaranteed three games. Uh, we play one game on Friday, play two games on Saturday. And if you win your side of the bracket, you get to play on Sunday for the championship stump. Um, now for the first six years, we went to Ignis. The name of our team was Dangle Snipe Selly. Pretty solid, pretty solid hockey name. A great, a great team name in its own right. But after losing the championship three out of four years, we decided it was time for a rebrand. So last year, we changed our team name to The Snakes, and we won the championship. Um, I will write an article um, on this tournament before I head up so you guys can get some visuals, but we get customized jerseys every single year. Um, In the past, we've had Oilers jerseys, Dallas jerseys, Vipers jerseys, 90s Kings, 90s Flames, 90s Sharks. a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff. I mean, really, you name it. And this year, we are really planning to fuck shit up as we are going up with white Vegas unis. Pretty pumped about them. Obviously, with our Snakes logo, it's gonna our Snakes logo is going to be on it. Not, it's not going to be a Vegas logo. Our Snakes logo is going to be on it loud and proud. Um, but they're going to be uh, they're going to be Vegas themed snake snakes unis snake snake unis snake unis snakes. So now this weekend is a total, a total for the boys weekend. You drink roughly like 873 beers, you smoke, you yell, you gamble, and everything in between. It is male town USA. The only females you see up there are either A, locals working at the casino. Yes, they have a casino up there that we we actually stay at the hotel at the casino every single year. It's a beautiful casino. It has like like $2 minimum blackjack tables like like penny slots. Like you can just sit there all day with like 20 bucks and feel like you're gambling the house, but really you're only throwing a 20 on it. Um, the other people, the other females you see up there be um, are on one of the hockey teams up there and it's probably less than a 50% chance that they have all of their teeth which is perfect. Ignis is paradise. Everything is dirt fucking cheap. And there is never a moment in time when you don't have a tall blue light crispy boy in your hands. You hang out in sweats the entire time. Um, sometimes I just keep my cup on all weekend just to, you know, make sure I'm protected. 
Um, but you hang out, um, like I said, in sweats the entire time. And then you play hockey, you play hockey outdoors with your buddies. Um, the biggest obstacle the entire weekend, honestly, is just trying to peel yourself out of bed or off the tile floor Sunday morning to go play in the championship. Um, last year I had like bathroom tile imprints on my face until the middle of the second. And I did promptly throw up after the game. It was amazing. Um, there's nothing more in this world that I enjoy, uh, more sports wise than playing hockey. And when you pair that with the brand, I am literally most loyal to in the world, Labatt Blue, um, you just have my heaven. I want nothing more in the world than for Labatt Blue to sponsor Champagne Athletics and the Fizz. So I'm going to dedicate this week leading up to the tournament to try and get a sponsorship from them. Um, this, this will not be successful by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I don't care. Snakes are going for gold. We're hissing and pissing all weekend, baby. I could talk about St. Ignace for hours on end. I'll give you guys updates throughout the week of little things I may not have let you know. Give you updates while we're up at the tournament. We're going next weekend. Um, it's always interesting. They do it. It's always Valentine's Day weekend. So definitely not ideal as far as scheduling goes, but it always works out and it's just fine. So next weekend, I'll be doing that from Thursday to Sunday. I'll give you guys updates throughout the week. And I'm also going to write a more in-depth article on it. And I got to show you guys the pictures of the, the jerseys we have. Pretty proud of them this year. And the old ones are pretty cool as well. Um, so yeah, that's St. Ignace and it's the greatest time of the year for the boys. All right, now that I have literally hissed and pissed my pants in excitement, um, talking about St. Ignace, let's go over to the final part of this week's fizz and that will be to play a little over under. Okay, once again, if you are new to the podcast, welcome, thank you for being here. Or if you're old, uh, the way Over Under works is I have my buddy Jerry out in Cleveland, Fat Boy Jerry, my boy, um, a little overweight, but he's fine, he's fine. He sends me um, a list of 10 topics, items, ideas, anything really, and I let you know if it's over or underrated. I've never seen the list before. I look at it like I know this is recorded, but I haven't seen what he's putting on. I'm, I got his email open, but it's hidden. I pull down the browser a little more to get to each word, um, and then I tell you how I feel about it if it's over or underrated. Ten topics. Here we go right now. From Jerry Rubino, first topic on the over-under list, we have Instagram ads. Um, so Instagram ads, I'm going to say are underrated. I, I don't, they don't bother me. In fact, like a lot of the times I buy t-shirts and hats from Instagram ads quite a bit. Um, that's like targeted towards me and I like the stuff. Um, they don't really bother me. I've seen some that bother me just as general ads bother me, but Instagram ads are actually, I'd say better than most. I probably should run more Instagram ads for my shirts and my apparel Maybe some of you out there don't even know I have shirts and apparel, but I do. Go check it out, champagneathletics.com. Click shop. Check it out. Thanks for that, Jerry. A little plug there. Instagram ads, underrated. I kind of like them when they have shit that I like. And I've actually bought a lot of shit off Instagram. Okay, I spent way too long on this. Number two, Kraft macaroni and cheese. Kraft mac and cheese is amazing. Um, it's underrated. It's such a go-to. It's it's one of those like really shitty cheap foods that I actually get cravings for. Um, I love Kraft mac and cheese. Always double up on the butter, a little extra milk, just how mama used to make it. Make sure it's real nice and fattening. Kraft macaroni and cheese. Get your noodle going. 
and it's underrated. I love me some Mac, Kraft, Mac, and cheese. I messed that up, but I love it. Number three, Sunday brunch. Okay, so here, here's, here's a thought on Sunday brunch. I didn't really know that this was like a term or a thing until I moved out to Chicago at the beginning of 2014. Now, I'm out there and my Chicago friends are like, hey, let's, let's go like brunching. Like, sure, I think I'm just grabbing lunch. No, you just get blackout shit face. You drink 356 mimosas and then you miss work the next day. That's what brunching is. Now, let me tell you something. It is very fun and like mischievous to drink and have a Sunday fun day, and I absolutely love it. But boy, let me tell you, when you go brunching and then you take a nap and then you wake up at like 10 p.m. Um, and realize you have to go to work the next morning, that is the definition of a Sunday scary. It's like a whole new hangover plowed onto the hangover you had from the day before. They can get real spooky, but Sunday brunch is so goddamn fun. Um, I'm going to say underrated, actually. Um, I mean, I know it kind of has a bad like connotation to it just because of like Instagram girls in like fedora hats or whatever those things are called and like taking Instagram photos with like a mimosa. But re- in reality, like me and my me and my buddies would just drink like a ton of mimosas, crush beers and bet on football. Um, so that was brunching for us. And that kind of brunching, I would say, is underrated. But the fake non-drinking just for the photo Sunday girl brunch, overrated, if that makes any sense at all. Okay, dropping down to the number four, fourth one on the list, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is absolutely overrated. Um, I don't even understand why it's a thing. It's like a Hallmark holiday. Like, like it's just like, oh, this is the day of, this is the day that you tell the person that you love them and you are mandated to go to dinner and buy them things. No big deal. I'm not mad at it. I don't get upset by it, but it's 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 overrated. Like it is not meaning meaningful at all. Like you could just pick a day to do that stuff and celebrate your love and care of someone else. It doesn't need to be like a mandated holiday that's just arbitrary based on some saint for whatever the hell he did. Valentine's Day overrated, but not mad. Not like mad about it, not like furiously angry about it. It's just like, it's just one of those things you got to do. Okay. Number five, long johns. Long johns are completely underrated. Underrated. Long johns are awesome. Uh, It's one of the only fun things about when it's cold. I will be rocking fucking long johns for four days straight when I go to St. Ignace. Um, You get yourself a good pair of long johns, and winter's a lot more enjoyable. They are underrated, especially the older I get. I'm getting colder. And I love long johns, especially getting a new pair of long johns. Ooh, ooh, feel the warmth. Feel the warmth. Long johns, underrated. Number five, Tom Gore. Tom, oh, Tom, Tom Gorris is who I'm, is who I think you're going for here, Jerry. Spelled wrong. That's okay. Tom Gorris is, I'm going to say, as an owner, completely overrated. I don't even know if he's rated or even looked at as a serious human. He was groping Andre Drummond. In reality, I think Tom Gorris is an insane alcoholic party or cokehead. Let's be real. He always looks completely shit-faced at Pistons game. He's like hand-hucking fucking t-shirts into the crowd. He has no clue what's going on. When they ask him anything basketball-related, he just literally drops like buzz terms, like 
double double rebound Blake Griffin like he has no clue what the fuck's going on and I think he just wants to be boys with Andre Drummond Um, I'm sure we've all seen the clip of him like groping Andre Drummond during that weird interview and Tom Gores I don't think has any clue what the fuck is going on I think he's just like happy to own a team uh, throw on like a deep V whether it's black or white drink a bunch of whiskey at the game get real sweaty and then just hand huck t-shirts into the crowd so maybe as an owner he's overrated maybe as like a dude to party with completely underrated tom gorris number seven super bowl squares i'm so glad you put this here jerry that's this is this is a great list you got here super bowl squares are completely overrated i i like don't even get why it's a tradition of the super bowl and i and this year i spent like 50 dollars on on squares probably no i spent more than I don't know, somewhere in that range. And it was just like, I don't even know why I did this complete crapshoot. It, it's just like arbitrary numbers. Anyone can win. Like my little girl cousin who doesn't watch football, she won like $250 on squares. It's just a stupid fucking crapshoot. And they only come around for the Super Bowl. It's not like you play squares for week eight of the NFL season. I don't know why. I think it's the NFL tradition because it's like a way anybody can gamble and participate in like a cute fun way so that's why you have like your little girl cousins and people who don't watch football like i'll I'll do a square and then they win 250 bucks and it's like a fun way for them to kind of enjoy the game um so i think that's why they exist but in reality it was like the least exciting bet that i had that i couldn't have cared less about i mean granted i wanted to win but it's like there's 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 no real excitement watching it in my opinion. So I'm going to say Super Bowl squares are completely, completely overrated. Um, But with that being said, I will do Super Bowl squares every single year. There's no doubt about it. Number eight, the Shinola Hotel, downtown Detroit. Um, I haven't been there, so I have no idea if it's over underrated. I will tell you it looks immaculate from the outside. Um, Any business going in Detroit, filling a giant vacant building, I'm going to give a thumbs up to. Um, it's really cleaned up in that area. It looks like a hipster's paradise, like an upscale hipster paradise, um, which is perfect for what Woodward and downtown Detroit has going on right now. So I'm going to give it a big thumbs up. I'm going to say underrated, but I've never been there. But all four new businesses on Woodward growing Detroit. And again, upscale hipster paradise. Um, number nine, Danny DeKaiser. Um, Danny DeKaiser actually went to my high school um drank with him a few times at western um as a human he's a completely underrated guy super nice dude um but we got to remember this guy was undrafted out of western had offers from every single nhl team detroit thought this guy was going to be our next dude and i really did too and i was really pumped for it Um, but i think he's he's completely he was completely overrated um i don't think he's lived up to the hype he's had a lot of injuries um, and he did score an overtime winner the other night, which was fucking dope. I'm always rooting for the guy, but as a player, I do believe he's he's overrated for what we thought was coming into Detroit and into the system. He just seems a step behind everyone on offense um, when he's playing defense in our zone. He, he just seems a little slow. I'm always rooting for him, always want the best for him, but I definitely do think with the hype he had with offers from literally every single NHL team, I thought he would be you know, our number one, our go-to guy, and he hasn't been that. And maybe that's my own fault for thinking of him being that good, but I do believe he's a little, he's a little overrated. Um, number 10, MMA slash UFC. Um, I, I really hate this shit. I, I don't like it. It's not because it's too violent. I just think it's, 
it's boring and it's a total white trash sport. I'm sorry. I, I don't enjoy it at all. I think it's completely overrated. Um, I'd rather watch a boxing match than watch MMA or UFC. And it's not even because of the violence. I just, I, it's just not entertaining to me whatsoever. So let's just put a, let's just put a pin right in that one. MMA, Uf, UFC fucking sucks. Um, I'll never buy a pay-per-view to watch any sort of fight unless it's like two funny guys. Unless like 50 Cent's fighting Ja Rule, then I'll watch that MMA fight. I'll watch 50 Cent beat the living shit out of Ja Rule because Ja Rule is a fucking loser. All right, great. Got me all pissed off and fired up for the very end of the show. Um, but I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. Go check out Todd Pods on Instagram, T-O-D-D-P-O-D-S, um, and the Firefest podcast, which I am featured on. Go to ChampagneAthletics.com, click around, read some articles, share some shit. There's some good stuff in there. I promise you there's something you like if you are a Detroit sports fan or even not. There's some pop culture shit in there you might like as well. And also, I do have a store on the site, ChampagneAthletics.com. Click shop. The new shirt on there is a Retire 91 shirt. It's pretty cool. Um, I like it quite a bit, and we do got to get 91's number retired here sooner than later. So join the movement there. Follow on Instagram at ChampagneAthletics, um, not .com. That's the website. Follow Instagram at ChampagneAthletics. And, guys, I really do appreciate it. I'll update you with Ignis stuff throughout the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. I will hopefully see you next week. I have a pretty fucking busy one, but I'm going to try to get get it in before I go to Ignis. Um, but, hey, keep it real, and have a great week, guys. Thanks. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Yeah, Look like I got on a championship.